All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coming in hot is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Hey everybody, happy Monday. Welcome to Coming In Hot, presented by Botano. I'm Brent Wallace, alongside Jason York and Bobby Ryan. And they have, by the way, chosen violence today, so we'll see how this show goes. What? Hey, boys. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, hey, the Sens lost 7-0. They chose the violence. We just have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of which, yes. <laughs> lots in the nerd report today uh it's uh seven it's four pages but we're gonna end up uh starting likely with the uh, colorado debacle as we head into st louis tonight uh let's see jbd's called up looks like matthew joseph's in the lineup artem zub is hurt uh happy birthday to tim stutzley yesterday lots going on so we'll get right to it uh as always the show brought to you by botano go to botano.ca or download the app today Get a 100% welcome bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Live betting, all kinds of stuff to bet on, including the Sense game, which we'll get to lock of the day later. Yorkie's got a special show-and-tell segment for you planned for that. Uh, we'll see if Bobby can bounce back from his abysmal three-and-four start so far. Um, and he's got up. He's going up against the smartest man in hockey, so we'll see how that plays out. It's tough, man. Do you feel it's the tough. pressure, Bobby? I feel... I, I'm start yeah, starting to mount a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> pressure. I'm going under pressure. I've been I, I'm seven and oh now there's pressure. I can't be wrong. Yeah. That's yeah, no, you, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. It's tough. I'm, I'm gonna let you go first just to make the decision for me today. Thanks. Ottawa St. Louis. Wait till you see the odds. It'll make it it'll make it even more difficult. Um Plus, Elliot Friedman's talking about today on 32 Thoughts about the Sens are going to get a rental D-man, and we'll, bring, we'll get into that as well. Uh, by the way, the chat is open. We uh, encourage you to join in. Even though Yorkie and uh, Bobby can't officially work the chat, I am on it. We will monitor it, and I'll ask any questions you have to them. Okay, um, boys, uh, we all saw the score in Colorado, but did you know that 7 nothing score was one of the worst losses the Sens have had in franchise history? That is the that ties for the worst shutout loss in franchise history, and all the other four before this were back in the '94-'95 season, and we all remember how bad 
those games were. Uh, and there they are. Uh, 10 nothing to Calgary is the worst ever, and then an 8 nothing to Boston. But Ottawa falls into that 7 nothing category. Not good. So, uh, uh, like, okay, uh, we saw it. There was lots to talk about. But does anybody, or do either one of you two, and Bobby, I'll start with you, uh, blame goaltending? Not really. I think there's probably a few they would like, uh, Forsberg would like back. But no, not really. It felt like it felt like they had guys walking down the slot all night into 10-bell opportunities. And, um, and no, it was... You can blame goaltending a lot of nights in a lot of different ways, but not not on this one. Not not on a seven nothing game. I was surprised they left them in, but um, but it was like you know why why hang the, why are you going to hang the next guy out to dry too? Let let let's just get through this one. So I I don't blame the goaltending on this one, no. No, I I don't think the goalies were good or the goalie. I don't think Forsberg was good, yeah. but it's not as I'm not going to say yeah they lost because of him, but he wasn't very good. The defense weren't very good, and the four weren't very good, and. <laughs> That's that, that's how you lose. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good, perfect recipe. <laughs> that's a, you want you a recipe out for coaching. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's listen. I I've, I've been reading. Everyone's all over DJ again for systems and and uh, man. Well, that's that's the easiest guy to blame when you lose. Go after the coach for sure. But um, yeah. we can talk about some of that stuff later. Some of the structural stuff. Bobby and I were chatting yeah. about about four checks and being on top of the puck, but it just, they weren't very good. Here's the crazy thing though. If, if they win tonight, you lost seven, nothing, you're going to come out of this road trip two and three, which if you, if you said, well, I have taken that uh, going on to a road trip, most guys on that team, including the coach would have said, yeah, I'll take two and three. So it's uh, yeah. it's like a soap opera. It's like a drama as the world turns uh, every single day. If they win tonight, uh, people are going to be happy tomorrow. So it is. Uh, this is what it's like in a Canadian market. This is why some people can handle it, some people can't. Why some people uh, want to play it, and why a lot of guys don't. It's um, it's uh, people are crusty right now because you go back to the summer and the expectations, and people didn't envision that. But like I said, it's well, let's see what happens tonight, and well, I'm sure we'll have lots to chew on tomorrow, right, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, though, if you win this game, you come out with four out of six on the road, um, and and you got whacked by the Stanley Cup champions. I mean, it's not. It's you still have an opportunity to have a good road trip. So, um, and, and then we'll talk about that and and say they got four out of six, and people be like, but they lost seven to nothing. <laughs> so it's you know, uh, it, the drama is 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 a big thing. Yeah. Okay. It's... So, hang on a second. You can't go. They lost seven nothing, and they got four to six points, and go ah, oh, everything is good. We were winning two out of three games because what? Just two games ago, or whatever it was, they lost eight four to Seattle. It's not like they just had this blip. But you can't keep saying, so, "Oh, we'll just burn the tapes and move on." At some point here, there's got to be a little bit more discussion about what exactly is happening. Okay, so what do you want to like? That would here's the thing. <laughs> Why is anybody surprised this team is playing the way they're playing right now? Like, <laughs> give me a break. You got you got a center iceman that's learning the position in Tim Stutz. And I've already went over this with everybody. Tim Stutzla is learning the position. Is he going to be an awesome player? Yes. Is he super talented? Yes. But he's not great defensively because it takes a while to, to become a very good defensive center. And then you got Pinto who's a rookie and then you got Kastelik who's a rookie and then you got you got Gambrell in there who's like come on like you're you people like really you're not gonna you're playing the Stanley Cup champs and I haven't even talked about the defense yet I know everyone's all over Thomas Shabbat I know it's but why is yeah, he playing so much that's why that's is page he playing two. so much yeah. yeah so why is he playing Don't so much it. well who who else are you gonna play like like, come on. And I'm not trying to disrespect other players, but this is the truth, Bobby. This is the truth with this team. And it it is what it is. Are they exciting? For sure. Do they have some great players on the wing? Absolutely. But this team is not built the way they are right now. Add in the fact their number one center, Josh Norris, is hurt to be a playoff team. That's just the way it is. Am I am I crazy? No, as I, somebody said to me on Twitter, they were like, "Time to start sitting Shabbat," and I'm like, "For what? 
Like, like what are you going to do? Um, oh. You're going to, we're going to see, see 25 minutes of Hamannick and Holden. No, you, you, he's your best player back there and you have to ride him, whether it's, you know, through the good and the bad, he's been a very important part of this team for a really long period of time. Um, so because he's having a little regression, it doesn't mean, you know, the sky is falling. He's just overplayed. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, so it's we'll true. Get, you it's know true. what? Uh, yeah. We'll go that. right to Thomas Shabbat then. So, so, uh, by the way, every player, and this may come as zero shock, was a minus player against Colorado. Um, but Thomas Shabbat was a team worst minus three. He said after the game, quote, it was probably one of the worst games I've played personally. Uh, he was my, it was, it happened. It's a game, uh, but it's unacceptable for me. You've got to move on. You, it's going to, but it's going to be a long night thinking about it. We've got to move on for the next game. So, he, he understands it. He owns it. What are you guys seeing for Thomas Shabbat? And, and by the way, you know what kind of reminds me of is the way Cody Cece got treated. But Cody Cece always played a lot of minutes, was always considered valuable by all the coaches he played for, which seemed to be about six. Um, is Thomas Shabbat struggling all year? Or what? Like, fans are mad. So tell, settle everybody down, Bobby, and tell me what we should be seeing or what we're missing. Well, I, I think I said for one, you know, Chabby's Chabby's played a lot of hockey the last five years because they they haven't properly insulated him with a dependable, steady partner that can play like a, like a meth to a Carl, right? There hasn't been that for him. Um, he's and I think he's guilty a little bit, and I think he would probably tell you himself he gets guilty of chasing the game a little bit because he's tired of losing, and 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 you know that kind of stuff mounts up, and he wants to take more on his shoulders. But I think he actually has to take less. Um, I, I think, you know, you bring in a guy like JBD, maybe not fully ready, but it might calm him down a little bit to have a steady defensive partner back there. Um, and, and I, I think he, yeah, he just needs to settle down and, 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 and be that puck moving defensive for, or, um, offensive defenseman. That's it. That's all he needs to do. He's not playing horribly. That game, obviously, um, you know, people feel a certain way about and, and are calling for his head. But at the same time, I think they're not looking at the body of work and what he's gone through the last couple of years to, you know, he wants to win. He, he's at the point now where he's getting fed up it, 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 the way it looks to me. I don't know if you can, yeah. Yorkie, do you agree with that? I I really think with, num so number one, I, I agree with everything you said there, Bobby. Um, with Thomas Shabbat, one thing the Sens have, have really lacked since he's been there is to have an older defenseman to kind of show Shabbat the ropes because he's kind of had yes. to learn it on himself. Like it's kind of learning by trial where, for example, when I came into the league, I had older guys there and you watched and you learned from these guys because they were just, they had won and you don't even have to win. You just, like, for example, the older guys, the Senators have there right now, you, you, you have a guy like Hamannick, for example, they got him. He was waived through the entire league. Hamannick used to be a really good player when he played for the New York Islanders. Yeah. He's not that same player. He He's not that same player. He, he was a really good, hard-to-play-against guy. And I used to love him, but he's just, he's not that guy anymore. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a bottom six, sorry, he's a, he's a five six, and that's where he should be. And, and the same thing with Holden. Probably a great, I don't know Holden, but I'm sure he's a great room guy, a good leader. But he's now 35 years old, and he's... For so for Shabbat, it's tough for him to really. But now he's an older guy; he's not really going to those guys for advice about things. And earlier on in his career, he didn't really have that guy either. I don't want to make excuses for him, but I will say, when you want to develop players properly, for example, right now with what you're seeing with Claude Giroux and the impact he's having with a guy like Tim Stutzler, for example, of just showing how to be a pro every day staying for face-offs after, showing little intricacies in the game that really go a long way. So somewhere along the line, I think Shabbat didn't get that, um, just being yeah. on a bad team for a long time. But I like the player a lot. I do agree with you, Bobby, the way he skates, the way he does things. There's a lot of things in his game that people that go unnoticed because it's just, wow, well, he, so. he skated the puck all the way to the red line, made a really nice play. Uh, nothing came out of it, but it's it's an automatic uh, zone exit that people just don't talk about because he makes the game look easy because he's such a great skater. But 
I just it's it, I just it, he's been in a he's been in a tough position for a long time because he's been on a bad team. When you're on a bad team for a long time, all of a sudden the finger is eventually going to get pointed at you. But I don't think he's been that bad this year. I, I thought he got off to a little bit of a slow no. start when he came back from his injury. I thought he was terrific. Like he was really good. Yeah. Now they're losing they're losing some games. Um, made a few turnovers last game, but he, he he's not playing horrible. But I think he can be better. Like he can 100 percent be better. Just rounding that up, the I one think thing about to, to me, there's no sorry. Well, there's no def, there's no depth defensively. So the, no, the expectations it's... are that Chabby's going to play 25 minutes a night and carry the team. And that's kind of an unrealistic thing to put on somebody, um, regardless of how good they were when they started their career. And, and then I, I was watching that game. He just looks mentally fatigued. Um, right now, I think he's, I think he looks mentally worn out from, from the expectations and the amount of minutes that he has to play every night. I think and more, not, not the physical side, just the mental side. I think he's probably fatigued a little bit. Well, think about this for a sec, just uh, with Shabbat, if, if you're the D coach and you're looking down at the bench of who to put out in key situations, whether it's offensively or defensively, you look and, and you see Brandstrom. Obviously, the coaching staff doesn't trust him right now. That's You got to be stupid not to think that. And then you see Holden. Late in a game when they're protecting a lead, here's how thin they are. Holden's out in those situations because that's how thin – that defense core is in Sanderson. Why is he playing this well? Obviously he's a good player. He's a great talent, but he's had to, he's had to be this good because there's the depth just isn't there. And I go back to the summer and the one thing, and I'll say it again, if you were serious about being a team that was going to take a step this year, they should have signed a defenseman. That should have been number one on the list to go out and get somebody, a reliable, real top four yep. defenseman, and people will say, well, there wasn't there, there wasn't the move. Well, talk to the New Jersey Devils because they went and got one. So, yeah, you can make those moves, but the problem was the team, everyone knew it was going up for sale, and the team needed to make a splash. They, they needed to get people excited about the team, so you went out and you made – the Drew move, which I absolutely love, and then you made a sexy move for Debrinket. It got people excited, but it wasn't what they needed. They needed defensemen, and I don't care what anybody says. That's what they should have did. They didn't do it, and now you're seeing what happens when you don't do it. Well, one of the things about uh, that blue line is JBD's coming up, and it's, so he's going to play with Thomas Shabbat. But so does Hamannick and Holden because they all go through because – Shabbat plays with everybody, but there's nobody there for Shabbat to try and just, as we'll call it the Mark Mathot guy. We always go back to that being that steady defensive <laughs> player. So Shabbat, if he goes up the ice and gambles and turns the puck over, there's nobody there back to save him. And there's no one on that left side to, or on the right side to help him out. He's got nobody there. And that's the one issue. He plays with everybody. So it's not just a fix by one guy. They need to fix five of the six or four of the six. That's what I think the problem is. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, I agree. He's got no. He's got no safety valve. He's got absolutely no safety valve back there. Yeah, and listen, Artem Zub. Here's how thin things are yeah. for the Ottawa Senators back there. Artem Zub's a really good player. On most teams, though, he's not a number two defenseman. He's he's a really good, probably right. four, three, four. And in Ottawa, listen, he's great. He's a cult figure. Zub, I get it. Everyone loves him. I like him too. But even him, he's playing out of position as well. He's not really a legit number two defenseman in the National Hockey League. He's a good He's a good four, but he has to play up as well. And, and that's what happens when you don't have the, de- the depth of, a, of what a real NHL blue line should look like. So it is what it is, and, uh, and that's why you see guys doing things. Uh, like as Bobby says, you're pressing – trying to do too much, and um, that, that, that's why Shabbat does some of those things. Well, and so suddenly, JBD, who's played all of 22 career games and nine this season, is now parachuted into the top spot. So do we think that JBD is suddenly a top two deep pairing guy? No, I think that's what? unrealistic to put on him, but he's better than everybody else on the, on this page. <laughs> he's, he's a number two tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and you know, you look at, I, I mean, 
I, I don't know who else you put with Chabby here. Um, I, I think if you have a guy like Bernard Docker that can come in and move the puck for Shabby um, and allow Shabby to be a little more free by just being a stay-at-home defenseman, then um, then then it's a success. That's that's kind of my thought process. But I you don't elevate Hamannick or a Holden um, into minutes that they they simply can't play. They just can't. At least Bernard Docker is young. He's going to make some mistakes and he's a little raw, but he's a part of what you're going to build for a long period of time, most likely. So why not just start now, right? That's that's my thought on that. I, I think it's it's time to it's time to start. This team's not making the playoffs. Um, I'm a big believer in marinating and over marinating in the minors, but you don't have that luxury right now. Yeah, I like it too. Put him out. Get him. Put him out there. Go play. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Uh, he's a right. He's a right. He's he. That's the role they eventually want him to play. So let's let's see what the kid can do. I, I like it. And uh, no, it's like like Bobby says, <laughs> there are no other options. <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, there's, so, right, there's nobody else. <laughs> there's yeah, well, there might like, be. If you're gonna, hey, if you're uh, gonna, if you're gonna, if the ship is gonna sink, you might as well do it with guys you drafted, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, for sure. I, well, why not? Well, I, that's a good point, and we're gonna get to that. But first, uh, BEI, by the way. Uh, who I proudly wear their clothing every chance I can because I take free stuff all I can. BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc. They are the uh, <laughs> leaders in uh, heavy civil engineering uh, in the Ottawa Valley. Equipment rentals, by the way, uh, aggregate and topsoil sales, custom crushing and screening, all kinds of stuff. Uh, if you're looking for them, give them a call, 613-432-1120 or go to BonisherExcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. And that leads me into helping to shape the Ottawa Senators' blue line because according to Elliot Friedman, on uh, 32 Thoughts today on this podcast, he said, Pierre Dorian is looking to add a blue liner. Oh, my God, of course. Uh, that's not earth-shattering. But he said he's looking at a possible rental, that perhaps he could bring someone in. If it's not Matt Dumba, it could be anybody at this moment as a rental just to tell the players we are committed. I don't know what that means. You're committed to just finishing out the year without tanking, so you're just going to float in the middle with no real direction. Am I wrong, uh, Yorkie? You're the D. Well, you'd, I think so. I'm of two. I'm of two minds here. I think you need to let the guys play. I think it would be nice to see Docker come in and play, but I also think this blue line needs help. So I wouldn't mind seeing a rental come in to to shore things up. Uh, as long as I would keep playing Docker though, I I wouldn't do it at Docker's expense yeah. unless he goes unless he goes out, and you don't like what you see. I would probably start sitting. Well, that's tough as well because you want to try and move some of those guys to the deadline, whether it's a Hamannick or a Holden, and try and get something for them. So it's 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 a tough position to be in. And don't forget, too, the general manager with the team being sold, he, he wants to win. Like, he wants to prove he doesn't want to finish this season out uh, with the team losing a bunch of goals because who, uh, uh, games because whoever buys this team is going to say, well, what am I going to keep this general manager for? This team has been terrible in the second half. So don't kid yourself. He's thinking about his future, his future employment, where he's going to be. So I'd be interested to know what's going on behind closed doors as far as what the board is going to allow him to do as far as making moves, bringing guys in. Because you keep hearing the Dumba rules. That's the last thing I would do is is, is bring up a player yeah. like that in. Because I don't think I don't think that helps. I think that hurts more than it helps. So um, if it's a if it's a guy with maybe a little less money, but it's it's tricky, right? Like I said, you it's they're in. A, I I I don't think anything should get done for a while because I want to see how close the Senators get to that eighth spot or how far they drift back. I I think right now I wouldn't probably do anything. Let's just let's just see what goes on for, uh, for the time being. Yeah, I agree. I I I, kind of, I I agree with Yorkie in the fact that the blue line needs help. Um, but there was an opportunity to do that this summer, and and you know you didn't you didn't address the biggest need, right? We've talked about it um, till we're blue in the face. But you're right. Yeah. Pierre's probably in a tough spot here too, as well. When you look at it and think the outside noise of the sale and things like that, like whoever buys this team is going to fire Pierre and DJ. They're going to do a whole hockey operation makeover more than likely. That's just what new ownership does. But, you know, if you're a GM right now, you don't want to go out 
losing games and not addressing something. So I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a fifth round draft pick or a fourth round draft pick go somewhere to, to bring in a player that can help this team immediately. That, that would be my, you know, find something that can band-aid this team just to get through the season. Yeah. You're yeah, going to have to pay a lot either. more than that to bring in a quality player though. You're not going to get away with fourth or fifth. Yeah, it's going to no. be second or possibly first. Mm-hmm. Like they, they could have yeah. used that first round pick. I know we're all really good when it comes to hindsight, they gave up, and, and this isn't for Yorkie to, to jump on Alex Dabrinkit because I know people are tired of hearing it, but they could have given up a first-round pick that they gave up for Dabrinkit to, to get a D, right? You could have used that chip to bring in solid D on the blue line, and instead they spent it up front. Uh, I'm not allowing Yorkie to answer. the. I don't want to hear you talk about Alex Dabrinkit. We're moving on. Um, I like Dabrinkit. He's a good player. Uh, I, <laughs> you just don't want him on this roster. I get it. He doesn't fit. Uh, by the way, uh, I no. know. I know. Okay. Um, speaking to someone who does fit, Tim Stutzla, uh, perfect time for me to talk about Renfrew Pro tape, and I'm going to tell you why in a sec here. Uh, Renfrew Pro uh, is the uh, industry standard and uh, the original hockey tape when it comes to hockey tape. Uh, their Pro Cloth, Pro Blade cloth tapes are specifically dyn- designed, I can't read today, for uh, today's com- composite hockey sticks. They use quality polyester cotton material with advanced adhesive formulation to give you long-lasting play available in a variety of colors and patterns. Guys, uh, Tim Stutzla, so go to RenfrewPro.com and use their and go to their Instagram account because they give away stuff every Friday, uh, has switched the tape on his stick. That's where we're at right now. So Tim Stutzla has gone from the weird tape job, we'll call it, to a yeah. full, t- full blade tape job, white tape. Uh, does this signify that... He- things have now hit rock bottom is that is that where it's at he did it once before uh, no one really mentioned it uh he did say today uh, no after practice on sunday that can't happen again i have been playing awful lately i have to be way better i want to have the puck make plays with the puck and create with the puck i don't think i've played with confidence lately i have to be more confident uh when you're a goal scorer bobby i'm gonna say confidence plays a huge part is is he being honest or is he just saying some words that makes it seem like he's trying to take ownership because that's what sounds good at the moment no i you know i don't i don't know tim but i i think his self-awareness is pretty good for a kid turning 21 right now um and and you know a kid that started in the league at 18 and understands the ins and outs outs of the league by now um but like anybody he hasn't been great but um you know i don't think changing the tape on a stick is the answer but confidence is certainly one of them um when you don't, when you don't score or you don't produce for a couple games, and you start to feel like you're pressing a little bit, um, it's it's funny that the mind plays tricks on you. You think that you're not the player that you were a week ago, and you're not capable of doing those things. So he's getting away from that a little bit, and he's you know again sometimes you forget because of how good he is that he's 20 years old, um, and and you know the sky's the limit for him. So I think he's I think he's being very self aware and honest with himself here and thinking how can I get out of this. So. Um, I give him a lot of credit for standing there and saying those things, but I, and he's a kid that's going to just figure it out. His skill level is too good. He's going to start to move through the middle of the ice with the puck a little bit more. Um, I'd like to see him really take ownership of the game tonight. That would be a big, big step for his confidence. Yeah. So a lot of people are upset about what's going on with the Ottawa Senators right now. And obviously you, you hear the, the negativity more than you do with the positivity. I'll tell you one thing about Stutzlow and this year. This year, in my opinion so far, has been a huge success and learning experience for Tim Stutzla. Because of Norris going down, he's got a chance to jump in and be a number one center, play some PK, play in all situations, and still produce offensively. You watch how good this kid is going to be next year, and it's going to be because of the lessons he's learned this year. This is a good when you're one of your best players has to go through some adversity like this because he's got to figure it out. He's got to figure out what works, yeah. why he's not scoring, and then you got to... Bobby, you know this as well as anybody. The, the season is such a long mental grind, and people would be shocked about how guys can actually lose confidence and stop stop believing in themselves. But that's when you start. You, you got to be, to play this game, you got to be so mentally tough. And Stutzla is yeah. going to come out of this a way better player for it. There's nothing like learning on the job, especially when you got the talent to back it up. So this season, yeah. I know people don't, believe it it's helping a guy like Stutzla so much it's helping a guy like Batherson he's looking at that plus minus every day he's like man I'm minus 29 and he's probably thinking about it and he's and he's gotta you know you gotta battle through it 
but this is what makes you a better player down the road. And it's going to help a lot of the young core because the core plays a ton. And I'm telling you, this team, these young guys, because of the stuff they're going through right now is going to make them way better players. I agree. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Quickly on, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Bobby, quickly on Timmy Stutzla. Uh, I'm going to do some positive news because I spent some time in the arts and crafts section on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> he turned 21 yesterday, uh, making him the fourth quickest, or I guess he scored the fourth most points of any senator at age 21. So 126 points in 170 games. If you look at the games, he's played a lot less games than the guys above him. And so he's not that far off. 30 points off Alex Degg, but Alex Degg played almost 100 games more. So uh, points per game-wise, very good. But Tim Stutzla showing promise, certainly, by age 21 with 126 points with the fourth most points by uh, a 21-year-old who now can drink legally in the United States, if that was a factor. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh. Alexander Dagg, I love so, seeing that. Anytime you get any you get his name on a board, hey Bobby, you played with guys they love everything about the game but the game. <laughs> yeah. Is that I remember watching him play uh he was playing like men's Monday night hockey um in El Segundo and they were like, Yeah, that was the first overall pick. He was or something like that. They were telling me about him. I was like, What's he doing out here? And they're like, He just hates hockey. <laughs> I was like, Oh okay. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny about him, Wally? Well, remember he he was at the outdoor game and I forget when this was, but everybody hadn't played in a while. He was unbelievable. And I'm like Diggy, I'm like, how are you doing this? He's like, well, I didn't go in the corners when I played, so I don't have a lot of hard miles on me. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Absolute beauty. Love that guy. Uh, so good. So good. <laughs> he, yeah. I, so I, when I got to the team, I think was his last year. I might have had him for a season and a half before he got traded for Vinny Prospel. Um, yeah. Just a different guy who just didn't like. He just didn't care, right? And I don't. I don't know that he just I, didn't care, I, but he said in the end he didn't I, really like hockey. But but he was just I different. Say, I, just nothing. I, I he was aloof. He, he cared. We were actually roommates for a while, and I actually I, – I love this guy. So funny. When we used to go out, and you know when guys are doing the little let's go, you're going up before the game, little chin pad tapes, guys are doing high fives. Dig would always be one of the last guys out of the dressing room, and he would pat himself on the back. He'd like, let's go, Diggy. <laughs> Let's have a let's have a good game tonight. <laughs> and I'd always catch him doing uh, that, like just a you know just a fun a funny guy. That that quote about the corners made me think about Clark MacArthur because Clark played hard. He was never scared, but he was so useless in battles because he would always kind of swing through, <laughs> take a poke, and then start to go again. And I'm like, fuck. And I, you know, I'm just in there pinned against the wall, trying to move it one way or the other. And you just see Clark out of the corner of your eye come by, go out, and you're like, "All right, here we go." And I remember saying to him one time, "You never met a corner you liked, eh, bud?" <laughs> like, Clark's not going to come on now. He's going to hear this. He's like, "Yeah, Bobby's bashing me." Yeah, we had no I have, chance. I have tried. On anyway. Yeah, no chance. I have tried for a year and a half to track him down to get him to somehow even remotely think about it. That's yeah. a hard no. It's no. um, a hard no. Uh, Yorkie, did you play with Peter Schaefer? Were you gone by then? I played against Schaefer. I loved. I loved watching. Schaefer. He was the automatic one man cycle in the corner. Nobody get the puck off yes. that guy's stick. And he had a terrible. I do remember it he was had the a terrible stick. Terrible curve. It was like four. It was one of those Worst curves, curve Bobby. Ever. That's, it's like a. It looked like a spatula. It went one way and then the other way. Just maybe uh -huh. the worst stick I've ever seen. He was a good player though. I, I liked watching Schaefer play. Great guy too. He you was know, very good. Guys always uh, said yeah. that about Mike. I used like a. I use a really heavy like Nick Lindstrom heel curve, and guys would always try my stick. I remember. Uh, Timu Solani in, in particular would always try new skates, everybody's stick, always just kind of tinkering. And one day he came over to me and said, can I try your stick for a shift? I said, sure, go for it. And, you know, I'm holding his about this high and light. And there's, and his blade was like this, like highly illegal. But he came back and handed me the <laughs> stick back and goes, you're the best you're the best player in the world. I said, what do you mean? He said, if you can play in this league with that curve, you're the best player in the world. I said, <laughs> 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 it is, I mean, mine was a, I, got, I, got a, I had a butter knife out there. <laughs> A little butter knife. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, 
Okay, there's a question that I've uh, been asked a couple of times by one of them is by Chris uh, wants to know about basically um, calling up the young guys and letting them play on third and fourth lines, whether it's uh, God, I'm drawing a blank on Igor Sokolov uh, and whatnot. And everybody seems to think you can just call up players who are averaging a point per game in the NH or in the AHL and insert them in their NHL players. That's not the case. Like you two tell me, and when you've seen guys called up of what it takes for them to be in the lineup. I, I always have this argument that you can't just plug and play guys just because you think they're playing well in the AHL. Uh, Yorkie, you're the veteran. I'll let you go first. So number one, you got a coach and a general manager that know new ownerships coming in and they want to win. And they want to make sure they have guys that are NHL players in the lineup. I was thinking about this because I saw it in the, in the nerd report, Wally. So they've already got a third Reddit. and fourth line. They've already got a third and fourth line built of players that are very, very borderline NHL players. So, people, like you said, it takes a it takes a while to learn and to get adapted to the NHL pace. And for Ottawa, here's here's an here's an example. It took a couple years for them to develop Alex Formington into a really good third line player. He's not here anymore. We all know he's playing in the Swiss League, but. That guy is a real NHL player. He's gone. Nick Paul was a second, third line player, real NHL player. He's gone. Connor Brown, he's gone. So you have your top six in Ottawa, who are obviously a very talented player, but you're, you're third and fourth line now. You have guys on this team. This is another thing we haven't even talked about. We talked about the D, we talked about other things. Those third and fourth lines are already filled with guys that, are very questionable NHL players. It's an, and I'm, it's just the way it is. And you're going to just add more guys to that list on a struggling team and try and bring guys up and teach them how to play the system, teach them what is expected, get them accustomed, adapted to the speed, everything. It's That's a big ask. That's a really big ask. It's a lot easier to integrate guys into a system on a team that is firing on all cylinders, you're winning, you bring a guy up, you throw him on your fourth line, you put him in for a game, he's very insulated. Unfortunately, now guys that get called up and to play on this team, you're gonna get exposed. Uh, I, I know yeah. what's what's his name came up, Lucini came in and he, and he scored that goal. Mm -hmm. But still, it's that doesn't happen. And, and now you're seeing, like I watched that game, I, I taped that game the other night and I watched it very closely. Ottawa has a lot of holes in their forecheck. They're making a lot of mistakes. Guys are dive bombing. Guys are getting caught on the wrong side of the puck. Yeah. Um, I love, I'd love to go over. Bobby and I were talking about this before the show. There's just guys they don't, they don't know how to go in and forecheck the right way and stay on top of the puck. And and you just see mistakes from guys. Be and you'll just see more of that if you bring more guys into the fold. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it was alarming how many how many times guys guys dove from the third man high position and then the reloading was just horrendous right um you talked about it on the first goal the reloading by guys that that are getting beat up the ice was was at an all-time high um on the bad side the other night but you can't you can't expect a guy i'll just and, and the, you know i'm gonna use sokolov because he's having a nice year down there but you cannot expect him to come up and play eight to ten minutes on your third or fourth line and give you offense. That's not the way it goes. He's got offense because he's playing 20 minutes a night or give or take, whatever it might be yeah. down there. Um, and he's, and, and I like what Yorkie said, they're going to get exposed. There's a lot of holes on the four check. Um, you know, that graphic's gone, but you look at, you look at the, the bottom six. And I think the only one that I would, you know, would say will be here for a period of time is probably going to be Parker Kelly. He's having a nice year for himself. Actually. I really like yeah. the way he plays and what he gives you. But you, you think about this. You th I mean, Joseph's coming back. There's a good, solid third-line center. Tyler Mott's out. He can bring you something that this team's missing. Um, and then these other guys that are, you know, Lucchini, there's a great story there. Watson's probably on his way out of the league. Like, that. that's just the, the reality of the situation with your third and fourth line right now. So you just – you're not, you're not going to find something in Belleville that's not right here right now. There's just nothing there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I forgot. Uh, the argument is Ridley Gregg. Yeah, good luck. People people are talking. <laughs> we talk, we, we, like, wait, wait, we talk wait. About, well, listen, wait, we, wait. everybody. So, so listen, let me, hold on a sec. We we talk about Shabbat. We talk about the goaltending. They talk about sitting uh, their brinket now, and people want it. Bathurst is minus one. Like you, nobody's even mentioned the fact that, that, that Tyler Mott, Tyler Mott, and Joseph have been out of the lineup for a while now. So, if you don't have a third line, if you don't have a real third line in the NHL, it is really tough to win because your third line yep. is playing some pretty important minutes. And they don't have a third, really, or a fourth. That, And I know after games, we'll listen to DJ Smith talk and say, I love how my fourth line's playing. They're playing hard. Well, yeah, they're running around. They're creating energy, and they're doing some things. But it's it's not it's not really sustained. There's not really a lot of offense coming. So Mott and Joseph being hurt for this long has really affected this team's ability to, be, to play consistently because those two guys – are real NHL players that have learned the trade over time. It just doesn't happen overnight. So, okay, bring bring Ridley yeah. Gregg up. Is is he going to come in? No, he's not. He's not going to come in and make that big of a difference. He's going to come in exactly what Bobby said, and he's going to play 10 minutes. He's used to playing 20 minutes, and it's going to be really tough for him to find his legs because you play a shift and you go sit on the bench for five minutes, and then you're cold and you come back. So, if you really want a guy to do something when you call him up, put him on the second or first line, and then you're going to see something. But other, otherwise, he ain't going to help. Yep. Okay, yeah, okay we're luck. off topic, but I'm going to get to this because one of the arguments in the uh, chat has been, well, so hey, Parker Kelly to me is not a third-line player, although he's in that spot. He's a fourth-line player at the moment. His game may elevate yeah. at some point, but right now he's a third-line player. So people are saying, well, bring up Ridley Gregg, who's a rookie and Igor Sokolov, who is a top six player and put him on the third line and it'll be better than what you have. I, so Yorkie, you just tell me you're the coach. You give me the, I don't believe that to be factual. I Ridley Gregg may give you a good game or two. I don't know that he can sustain it at the moment until he properly develops. Um, where do you, the third line is different in the NHL than it is playing in the AHL. I, I just, that's just a fact. It is. Tyler Mott and Joseph are guys that that's Ottawa's third line. When those two guys were playing with Pinto, I, that's and also yeah. too, like Shane, Shane Pinto has slowed down. He got off to that great start. That's a big ask to ask him to be your number two center. Obviously, with the injuries, yeah. he's got to play that role. But that was a really effective third line when this team was humming early on in the season. And, that, and that's where, to me, where Pinto should be playing, learning the game playing with those two guys that are just north-south guys. And they had a lot of success. Mott was really good. Joseph was using his speed. And Pinto's just a smart player. So, um, no, it's – it's uh, everybody is, especially on your third and fourth line, are misplaced right now. And I, to Bobby's point, Kelly has had a really nice year. He To me, he's a great guy for your fourth line. Hits everything in sight, plays with energy, plays with jam and can skate yeah. he can skate you have to be able to skate and that's one thing he can do yeah yeah and his I game just, and you, just, you, you 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 want him to develop but i don't think he's going to be a third line player i think he's going to be exactly what Yorkie said and that's going to be okay and that's fine that's the type of player that you need great. um i don't I, my, my guess is they love him in the room because of the way he plays um so it, he's a good piece for a long time but when you took i mean how bad does nick paul losing him look now when you look at that third line 
Um, and you think we could have had this guy for whatever, 2.8, 3 million, but whatever it would have been, and you can plug him in there. What a, what a difference that line would make uh, with him there. Well, think about that. So, and I meant if you, if you had Nick Paul on this team still, and if the Formington situation was different and if he was still here, that's a big difference to your depth on this hockey club because Formington's got NHL speed and, and Paul, well, Paul almost single-handedly beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. <laughs> Just and you could have had him for two point eight million. My God, what a what a disaster! Disaster. Um, <laughs> spe- there's lots of disasters, and I I guess there's a few other ways to put that. But um, one of the things about lately in this team and its fourth line and third line. Uh, the other is also the injury to Norris. So if you drop down and play, you have Pinto playing that line with Maude and Joseph. So they've basically effectively all been off of that third line. The thing makes a difference. Um, you brought up Nick Paul. And I had a friend of mine who's in the broadcast industry down in Tampa recently who John Cooper went to him and said, what was Ottawa doing? Why did they get rid of Nick Paul? Like, he's been phenomenal. Like, and so, and you understand, like John Cooper doesn't really know, or coaches don't really know exactly players intimately on the other team. He like, he's madly in love with Nick Paul and, and rightfully so. We all knew it. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love how you put that. He's madly in, madly in love. Hey. Sounds like a romantic novel. Yeah. I said writing a novel. Um, I've been. You know, Wally, I was a guest on your other show for a long period of time, and I always had very, very positive things to say about Paul because I think he was underutilized here in every sense of the word. Um, he would he would get a sniff, and if he yeah. didn't complete, if he didn't produce right away, he would go back down the Belleville. He'd come up, they'd stick him on the fourth, and tell him to hit everything that moved, and that wasn't his game. And they didn't ever really let him find a place in the lineup. Uh, for a long period of time they gave him they gave him sniffs and then they took it away from him so it was always like they were dangling something that wasn't going to be there for him so when he went i was like he's going to break out there's just no way he's not going to be he's got everything you want in a player that's going to cost you three million dollars he can score i think he, i don't know if he's still scoring down there he was off to a nice start um i mean he kills penalties he takes face like there's nothing he's not doing for you so um you know i know coop well we live by each other in idaho and i remember saying to him you guys have no idea how good this kid is going to be for you Coop, you live by Coop in Idaho? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up at the he's up at the ranch. <laughs> oh yeah. Explain so, I, 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 I explain Idaho. Is there like a lot of guys up there? Or there's a lot of hockey guys up there? It is. Yeah, well Gretz uh Gretzky went up there years ago and kind of started it, but a lot of guys followed him and then um, you know, Tyler Johnson, who's a close friend of mine, was there. I I was up there, Derek Ryan, Yamamoto's there, Courtnalls are there. So there there's a good, really, really good crew. Um up yeah. there and you know, i moved out of that area because that area is a little bit more of a party scene and i'm on the i'm on the quiet side now but uh i pop back <laughs> over and play for some golf every now and again but it's tough you used to come yeah. up to like i would i would come off the 18th green and gretz would be sitting up there with ray whitney and a couple other boys and they're like well come over and talk to us for a little bit and then it's five o'clock at night before you know it and you're like ah <laughs> got got away from me again. <laughs> See, I always, I always, uh, buffalo boneless wings to go. <laughs> when I heard you were, in, when I heard you were in Idaho, I'm like, why is he in the middle of nowhere? Is like he out there? Is he a recluse? What's going on? And then I hear the real story. It's like a huge party out there. Okay. It is. It all is. makes I mean, it all makes Hollywood, sense. Yeah, the Hollywood crew has okay. ruined it. They started moving in, so I moved out. But uh, yeah, no, it's that's God's country, man. <laughs> There's nothing but golf courses and lakes. Gotcha. We'll do a gotcha. show on it. So did nice. you I I thought you lived on a farm like in the middle of nowhere in Idaho and trained that's in a right? barn. That's that's what I thought. I used to. I, yeah, I did. That was that was for a long period of time and then I was getting older and it was getting harder to train by myself because there was nobody there. So I went up to Coeur d'Alene where where Tyler and those guys are. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. And I lived in the Is sticks. that where you had and the I flood? Am a recluse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. You, yeah. And I am a all right. Uh, by the way, Nick Paul, uh, 15 goals, 24 points. He is one goal from tying his career high of 16 goals. So um, 289 games, 104 points. Last just thing on that, uh, just, just, just to wrap up Nick Paul, even a lot of people here when 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 he was getting traded, wow, he's a bottom, 
He's a bottom six player. Everybody would keep saying about McPaul. I'm like, no, he's not. He's a top nine. He's like, quit saying bottom six. He's a top nine. And well, on Tampa, he was a top six. They were putting him on for defensive zone draws, key draws in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I always, why, why didn't Bobby, why didn't he ever get that opportunity in Ottawa to be that big center iceman that the teams teams have to develop on their own. He was always on the wing, right? I just, I'm like, why did, how did Tampa, how did Tampa figure it out in such a short period of time? And they couldn't figure that out in Ottawa. Oh, I wish I had that answer for you. Cause, cause it would look a lot different when we're pulling up that graphic, trying to figure out who's who. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I just don't know. He just never, yeah. I don't know if he pissed somebody off once upon a time, but it just felt like he was, the odds were stacked against him in Ottawa. It felt like. Gotcha. But I, I, one argument about Nick Paul, though, and I and maybe because of the way uh, he got called up and sent down was his confidence, and he always t- he just didn't believe in himself enough. And then whether the team made him feel that way, I'm not sure. But so he had to go through, and if you remember his last season or second last season in Ottawa, it, kind of his breakout one where he said, "I had to look inward in the summer," and he started, I believe, meditating, uh, and he changed his routine and he went to a mental health coach. Uh, I thought that yeah. that played a big part in him turning his game around. So, Wally, one thing Ken. I'll say. It, it absolutely, Ken. One, one thing about players with everybody says confidence. And here's the thing, though. When you're playing and you know you're one mistake from being stapled to the bench or being set down, you're not holding on to the puck for that extra second to try and make a play. And you watch the really good players in the National Hockey League. They're not afraid to hold on to the puck because the longer you hold on to it, stuff opens up. Nick Paul's doing that right now because he knows in Tampa they believe in him. Yeah. And and if you and if you do happen to make a mistake, you're not going to be benched. Yeah. And that's the difference. That's how that's how great players become great players. Obviously, they have skill, but they're not afraid of failure. So many guys in this league are really really good players, but they don't play with that confidence because they know if they make a mistake, they're going to be benched. And it's almost like you have to get to the point, Bobby. Where you just don't give a shit. Where you say, you know what? You I'm just to. gonna play. I'm gonna play really, really hard. And one of the best players ever at this, Bobby, was Brett Hall. You watched him play, and you're like, this this guy doesn't give a shit. And and it's like he's so relaxed when he gets the puck, he doesn't tighten up. And I honestly believe, and you, Bobby, you're a goal scorer. I honestly believe you can't play this game at the elite level unless you have that calmness. And it's almost like. I don't want to say you don't care, but it's like, yeah, you just, you almost don't care. Like, you, th- yeah, you think there's no, something yeah, to you that? Have to... It's funny you mentioned Holly because he, li- I mean, he lives right there about two miles that way. So I see a Does lot he? of Holly. And, uh, yeah, yeah. What a what an absolute beauty that guy is. Um, <laughs> he would be a fun one to have on the podcast, actually. We should talk Get about him on. that. But he, you're so, you're so correct, though, that guys that, that, I, I don't want to say, some of the best players I met and played with were not very bright, (laughs) right? They were just guys that you could, that, that brushed everything off, that nothing bothered them. And it was do, 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 do. And you're just like, God, I wish I could feel that way. Right. And, and know that, you know, you're going to do whatever you want when you have the puck. Um, Those are, those are the guys that, that continuously make big time plays um, because nothing gets to them. Like for for me, I would make a mistake and tighten right up all the time, all the time. Me nuts. <laughs> I know, yeah, too smart, too smart. All yeah, right, that's it. <laughs> as this show, as this show gets cooking, uh, it's time now to talk about Montana's. Uh, and by the way, Bobby, it's Monday night. So what is Monday night at Montana's? Half oh, Alex. Night. Oh, Alex, you're way too quick on that. Um, so, yes, Montana's tonight have price wings uh, as they are Bobby's favorite. Uh, they're bringing back the viewing party. Come out to Montana's where the game is always on and there are plenty of daily deals, including Mondays. It's half price wings. Tomorrow, they're starting a new promotion that we're going to tell you about. Uh, I'm excited. So we'll uh, get into that as well. But go to Montana's.ca, find the local or lo- uh, nearest Montana's and head over there for some half price wings. Okay. Uh, one quick question before we get to lock of the day. Uh, if you read the athletic today. And if you haven't, it's okay. I'm going to fill you in on it anyway, is um, uh, the Minnesota general manager, uh, Bill Guerin said on Philip Gustafson, 
Uh, the biggest thing is he's gotten in shape. He wasn't in good shape enough. He wasn't in good enough condition before. And when you're not in good enough condition, you get tired and you're sloppy and you don't play well. Uh, interesting comments. And so, Bobby, and you commented on Gus before, did he just not seem to be into perhaps uh, working out? Are you surprised by no, these that comments? No, I didn't. I guess not. I haven't. I haven't read the direct comment. Um, I I don't know if he was out of shape or not. I he was always a guy. I mean, goalies are different. They always go in. They just kind of stretch. They do their thing, um, and they don't lift like the rest of us lift. So it, it's really hard to comment on what his conditioning was like. Um, don't know. But he he was always a, I I felt like he was always a guy that was around the gym. He was in there and doing his thing. But um, but there's a difference between get being in there and being in shape for sure. So I'm sure I'm sure they got him on the bike, got his wind up and things like that, and then. Um, also when we had him, he was a young goalie. So maybe he just needed to be taught differently. That's all that really means. I think. Yeah. I always like chubby uh, goalies. <laughs> oh, it's the same thing. It's like, just stop the puck. Just stop the puck. Guys that are in too good a shape get hurt all the time. Look at Phil Kessel. It's so true. Isn't that the truth, man? It's... All it's the guys, so true. Yeah, like, the guys used to get on me all the time. They're like, you're, you're not stretching. You're not doing this. And I'm like, but I'm not hurt. And then <laughs> that was early in my career. And then I started getting hurt a ton, but they were fingers. So I, I could get away with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's so true. The guys that spend the most time in there were always the guys that were hurt. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't, you, so, you can't pull uh, fat. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a few of them. It's, uh, <laughs> And lately, Tyler Boucher, if I'm not mistaken, whose birthday is today, uh, 20 years old today, happy birthday, Tyler Boucher, um, was told he had to kind of change his training routine because he was so, I'll say ripped and so muscular, it was affecting him on the ice. Uh, and I believe that Sen stepped in and said, you've got to kind of tone this down because we need you to actually skate uh, and a lot harder when you are just jacked. Do you remember yeah. any players? Yeah. Like, Zidane Ochara was one, but uh, he was just a different player altogether, if you ask me. But he was a very mm -hmm. strong yeah. strength guy. <laughs> I, I played with a guy, I, to Bobby's point, I played with a guy in Detroit when I was really young. His name was Sean Burr. And unfortunately, Sean passed away a couple of years ago, but what a great guy. And he used to joke around in the dressing room because he had a belly and he was chubby. He's like, guys... I don't stretch. I'm too fat. But you know what? I never get hurt because I'm already flexible. And he, and he had this running joke, and the guy never got hurt. It was crazy. Mind you, this was before, uh, like, the huge the huge workout craze happened. But this guy was right. quick. He was a good good player. But that's the one guy I remember that was would joke around about being that fat guy and, and not, uh, and not training. But... Yeah, Chera, Chera's, yeah, Chera, though, Chera, Chera's just, uh, sorry, Bobby, Chera's just, there's nobody else no. like that guy. Like, he's, he's, yeah. that's nuts. Like, what, what he was doing was crazy, just crazy, but worked, hey, long career, yes. but nobody is as diligent as that guy is. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I'll say Yarmir Yager. One of my favorite guys, Yager, but Lubomir Vishnovsky never worked out, never did anything. Um, oh yeah, but was just a, uh, but he was a freak of nature. And when he did work out, he was doing bench press, you know, for, for his body. But I remember he came in and I worked all summer for the pull-up test because I got long arms and a big ass. So pull-ups aren't my jam at all. But uh, <laughs> I remember he walked in and like, I think, I forget what he said. He said, what, what's the number that I need to do to get off, to get you guys off my back. And he just ripped off 17 of the easiest pull-ups. And I said, when's the last time you did a pull-up? And he's like, last year at this test. And just ripped off 17 and was like, am I done? Can I get off now? And I was like, get off the bar. Get off the bar. I, I worked all summer just to get 12. <laughs> hate guys like that. hate guys like that. Uh, we'll save uh, John Tortorella removing the iPads from the bench until tomorrow because we got to get moving on. Um, it's gotcha. now time for lock of the day. Oh. Uh, Yorkie's favorite oh, wow. part of the show. The uh, This is where we get to say the smartest man in hockey. Yorkie, are you gotta ready? Got to grab something. I'll be ready and just okay. move over here for a second. Why wouldn't you just have it beside? Show, it's and, show tell. and tell time. Yeah, you can't just oh, leave. Lord. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> what? What, now? Is that, what team is that? He's, 
Oh, is that the golden that's helmet? The, uh, that's the uh, that's the golden helmet, man. This is what you get when you're the top scorer for your Swiss League team, which I wasn't. But I, when I left, I re- I kind of asked the trainer, maybe, maybe not, if I could if I could take this home with me. So I know there's the flames on the side there, and uh, you actually get a jersey as well. The, the top scorer actually wears a jersey. That's the same. It's a different. It's a different sweater than everybody else it's, wears. It's crazy, and it's got. It, it's got the flames on it, but so this was uh, this is my choice because I'm now, I guess the the leader. I get to pick the, what I want to wear for my choice yeah. here. Well, this was your idea. I got to wear the golden helmet. Yep. So, well, okay. So stand by. I hope All I right. Never uh, you. Hold on. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's time for the Batano lock. What are the what are the rules of this contest now? If if, if you win, what don't if. Well, so it, we, it's a kind of on the fly, but I'm thinking I just want you to wear this the whole time. But if Bobby comes back, Bobby gets, if, if Bobby wins tonight, he gets to wear his own helmet tomorrow. We'll get, he'll have to put on the Detroit Red Wing helmet. So whoever wins that day will have to get to wear the helmet. How did, hey, how did, how did, how did you guys know I still had that? I, I just assumed you still had your equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to locate it for a game. On, I got to play an alumni game on Friday night. I can't wait. Let's see if I fit my gears. Oh, this will be good. Got stuck by a bee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right, let's okay. go. This helmet's uh, tight. This helmet's killing my head. It's so tight. I'm sure it is. Okay, so uh, it's the Botano lock of the day. Go to botano.ca, download the app, uh, and get in. And perhaps by the end of the year, if, uh, if you win, we can maybe auction off the helmet. But Yorkie's not going to part with this. We'll have to make our own. Um, so here we go. Tonight, the, uh, the odds have changed since I did this board, but uh, it's the Sens finishing off their road trip in St. Louis tonight. Boy, oh boy. Uh, two teams that are just kind of middling around. Uh, the Sens, at one point, it was even money. It has now changed where the odds are 114 for Ottawa to 104, I think it is, for uh, 114 to 102. So the Sens are, are in the lead. Uh, They've lost two in a row, as we know. Uh, so, sorry, uh, the St. Louis has lost two in a row and three of five. They've allowed 11 goals in their last three games, and eight of the last 12, they've allowed four more goals. So it's not like St. Louis is way ahead here. Um, it looks like Brady, you know, back in his hometown, he likes to play there. Everybody's going to be out watching. Talbot is a 7-7-6 record against St. Louis, 892 save percentage. So Bobby Ryan, who is trailing uh, the smartest man in hockey, who do you pick tonight to win this game? So I lost you guys oh, for man, a second I, there. I think this this helmet <laughs> is, is your helmet too tight. Oh, your I knew I should have paid attention. Just hang on. I, I zoned. Yeah. Did we lose him? Oh, there he goes. I'm back. Okay. I'm back, boys. I'm back. Yeah. It's the helmet. So I'm going first. I wish I had listened to anything Wally just said because I zoned right out thinking I was going second. But I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Oh man, um, I'm going with the Blues tonight. I, uh, I'm going with the Blues. I'm taking the Blues. Um, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, they're even though they lost three or four at home, they're gonna come out of it tonight. They're gonna play, and I don't want to bet against the Sens after a seven zero, seven zero spanking. But um, I, I got to take the Blues tonight at home ice. I'm glad you are, Bobby, because I was taking the Senators. That was going to be my pick. Damn it. If you would have picked them, I was going Sens as well. <laughs> yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis is getting ready for a full-on fire sale. Ryan O'Reilly, love him as a player, although he's in the green jacket race right now. He's right up there as far as minuses go. So no O'Reilly. Yeah, a lot of birdies. No Tarasenko. No, no, a lot of birdies. No Tarasenko. No Tory Krug. <laughs> Coming off a seven nothing spanking i'm expecting there's got to be a response here i like ottawa ottawa's going to win this game so that's the lock of the day from the golden helmet yeah all right wow. i gotta be honest with you guys i'm probably not yeah. probably not going to watch this because i think i'm going to watch tom brady's last game ever tonight that's my so i think it's going to be his last oh, game ever. So i'm going to watch I, i'm a cowboy fan i didn't know that he's never lost to the Cowboys in the playoffs. It's like six or seven and oh. I'm like, so yeah. Bobby, you think it's over tonight? I do. Yeah. I just don't. I, I think that I think the Cowboys get it done tonight. 
I'm hoping. Yorkie, are you in? Yeah. No, no, you can't. No, no, it has to stay on. The helmet has to stay on. Oh, it's killing my head. All right. <laughs> All right. I even took the uh, phone out. Right? Yeah, this, yeah, I was going to say, that thing's so tight, your nose is growing. <laughs> no. All right, boys. Well, uh, I look forward to whatever we can come up with tomorrow, but we'll ha we'll break down the send system. We promise that we'll bring up, uh, we'll see if we can arrange it for video and whatnot. We'll try and figure that out. Plus, torts and the iPads. And who wins the latest lock of the day? All that tomorrow, 3 p.m. Join us again, won't you? Yeah, thanks for watching. Coming in hot, presented by Botano.ca.